0: Be prepared to work. Don't think that you're going to start a business and just be able to not work it. It takes a lot of work, but, in the, but it's so rewarding, too. It's one of those things where, I, I mean, some days I come home so exhausted, but in the end, it's just so rewarding to know that I created a business and that I employ people and I make people happy. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation
1: family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you're a first time listener, I'm so glad you've joined us. On this show, I interview East Idaho business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers and help them share their origin stories. You guys, these stories are inspiring. They keep me going when I feel discouraged or challenged in my own business. And plus, I love getting to know our neighbors better. So today, my guest is known for providing East Idaho residents their fix. People line up at her business to partake of, a ha- of happiness in a cup. So welcome, Rebecca Madsen, owner of the FizzBiz. Hi, thanks for asking me to do this. I'm happy to have you. We have a friend in common, and she recommended that I come and see you. So here I am. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to help tell your story or to just facilitate you telling your story, I should say that. So, tell us about the FizzBiz. I know you're located in Rigby, but are you anyplace else? What's the business and what is happiness in
0: a cup? Um, Yeah, we are located in Rigby. We are actually about to have our five year anniversary in August, which kind of blows my mind that it's really been five years. Um, and about three, almost three years ago, we decided to expand and we moved into Idaho Falls. We're on the West side of town. Um, so that is our second location. And then just currently we've got a mobile version, this cute little pink soda truck, and we drive that around and we cater events and weddings and birthday parties, graduation parties, you name it, we cater it. So that's been a fun addition to and was that just an addition this year so we technically bought it in the fall last year and we did a few items with it but then we've really just hit it hard in the last like two months since the weather's turned nice
1: yeah kind of okay and so tell me what the fizz biz is if i'm not a customer what do you what is it okay
0: so it is a custom mixed soda shop where we can create anything. If you imagine it, we can create it and put it in a cup. We we had one of our employees in the beginning call it happiness in a cup. And we just love that so much because that's what we felt like we brought to people. um And so we do custom mixed sodas. We also have amazing cookies, all sorts of varieties. Probably our uh, staple cookie would be the sugar cookie with the pink frosting. And... Um, But that's not like the one that you buy at the convenience store in the package. This is one that you guys make. Yeah. So we have all of our own recipes that we've, that I've actually spent hours in my own kitchen perfecting. And then we took them to a local bakery, which is awesome that we get to support another local small business owner. Um, And she does all of our baking for us at um, hers. We can give a local shout out to Mrs. Powell's. Yay. Um, So yeah, Mrs. Powell's is our baker. She's been, they've been our baker since day one. So that's been great and they're great to work with. Um, But she follows our recipes to a T and you know, she can't give them out to anybody else. It's part of our agreement. But so yeah, so we have them baked fresh every other day, bring them in. Um, And then just, that's where we kind of started with um, the business. And since then we've evolved the menu and now the menu is actually quite extensive. We have... Soft pretzels, you can make them sweet or salty. We have nachos. We have hot dogs. We have um, a hot dog that we call the Mad Dog. That is a little mad. It's a little crazy. That's why we called it the Mad Dog. But it's super yummy. It's an all-beef hot dog with a pickle spear, banana peppers, crunched up wavy lays potato chips. Sounds awesome. And then we make this special secret sweet sauce that we put on top that is the... kicker so so why um if you started as this custom soda shop why have you expanded your menu did you have customers asking for more yeah so in the very beginning we just did soda cookies and popcorn because my husband loves popcorn so we incorporated popcorn for him Um, and as you know time went on we had customers asking for nachos and then we had them asking for hot dogs Um, then we had them asking for pretzels really and then we in the very very beginning we did snow cones and i found i don't know if you've ever tried italian ice but i discovered italian ice and i thought i have got to serve that Uh over snow cones because it just blows them out of the water so we bought the machine and we learned how to make italian ice so we make our own italian ice um, and we pair it with custard and we call it gelati and it is a little bit of heaven. Okay. Of yeah. And so just over time, we've just grown the menu because we just have had customers wanting more. And I'm always up for a challenge and I don't know. We just, You're like, why not? Yeah, why not? We just thought it would be good. <laughs> I'm like, we like it. I'm sure anybody else would like it. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what sets us apart from maybe some of the other soda shops that are local is we just have a pretty extensive menu which just gives people more options. So take me back
1: to when you guys started the idea or had the idea of doing this shop. It, is that something that was already present in East Idaho, but not in Rigby? I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, <laughs> but I'm not a soda pop drinker really. And so I don't know the history of the soda pop. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it's very, it's been it was very prominent in Utah. Okay, and so that's where we had had our first experience with a mixed soda, was in Utah, and I had the concept was completely new to me. Um, and then when we came back after visiting Utah for a weekend, we had kind of done a little research, and there was one local soda shop that had been fairly new in Rexburg, but other than that, like it was a it really wasn't. Her. It was a very foreign concept to. A lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so we were, yeah, the first people in Rigby. There wasn't even anything in Idol Falls at this point that was a soda shop. And it just wasn't very common. Like, nobody really knew what it was. So why did you see the, the success
1: of the businesses in Utah and think, we've got to bring this here. Like, why a soda pop shop?
0: Yeah, so that's exactly what it was. I went through and I thought, oh, my heck. So I am an avid lover of Dr. Pepper have been for long, long time. Yes. Um, and when I went and had my very first mixed Dr. Pepper, I just like my mind was blown. I was like, <laughs> what in the world? How can they take this to another level? Yes. Yeah. And my first thought was, I need this where I live. And I know if I want this, and I love this, I know there's got to be half a dozen other moms out there who would want the same thing. Right. And so the concept was so appealing to me. And that's why we were like, no, we've, we got to do this. Like we've got to open one in Rigby because I would, first of all, I would be my own number one customer every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think those are the
1: best businesses when they're the things that motivate us, the things that get us excited. And we're like, yes, everyone should want this. Yeah.
0: And that's exactly what it was. It was just like my experience. I wanted everybody to have that same experience. And I wanted to bring that to Southeast Idaho. Yeah.
1: So were you and your husband previously business owners? Like, are you typically in business or was this your first business venture? Like, tell me a little
0: bit about your history. About the background. So my husband has done construction since, I don't know, since he was in high school, I suppose. Um, and at that point in our life, that was in 2015. And he had, um, get my timeline straight back in 2005 or six, one of those years, he got an offer to go be in a partnership with a construction company with two other guys. And so we took the leap from being self-employed, working for somebody to being in a partnership in a construction company. Okay, And that was kind of a a good little baby step for us. We weren't full-blown self-employed at that point, but we got the idea and we were able to um, gain some experience being self-employed. And then in 2008, when the market crashed and, you know, we had that big... We all know what happened in 2008 yeah. yeah, construction, yes. So that construction company went under and it just left us, what do we do?
1: Yeah, right. And
0: that's what my husband knew how to do. And so we just decided to start our own construction company at that point. Right <laughs> in the
1: middle of the recession and everything.
0: Yeah. And when we were coming up with this you know, okay, well, we've got to come up with a business. What do we call it? My husband jokingly said, let's just call it too dumb to quit because <laughs> everybody was quitting and jumping out of construction. And I laughed and I said, oh, you're so funny. We can't call it construction business that. And so me being the clever one said, well, let's call it, um, let's still call it TDQ, but let's call it Total dedication to quality. I love it. But and you guys knew what it really meant. <laughs> yes. So we joked that we were too dumb to quit. I love it. So that's how we became true self-employed. Okay. Is running his construction business. And yeah. He does all that, and then I'm just his.
1: So he still bookkeeper. has the construction business now.
0: Yep. Still and now that. he also
1: is a partner in a in the fizz biz. Yep. And so, were you looking for a business? Was this something that you wanted to do, or how? I mean, you know, you don't just decide to start a business one day.
0: Right. Um, Well, that's a great question because what kind of led us to that point is my husband being in construction, that was our only source of income. And he had back surgery and not only one, but he had to have two back surgeries. One was 18 months later. Yikes. And yeah, and it kind of scares you that that is our source of income. And if he can't work, what do we do? And so it kind of got the wheels turning for us that we should, we should do something. And so we had been exploring a couple of different ideas for probably six months, just trying to decide what would work, what does the community need, what would we like to do? And so when we took this epic trip to Utah and discovered this soda concept, I just knew immediately, this is what we have to do. This is, this is the thing. Yeah. So we came home, and that happened in June, and we found our location 30 days later, and within 60 days, we just opened. Wow. It happened so how so did fast. you know
1: what to do? Like, I mean, I imagine there's recipes and things that you have to come up with on mixing these drinks. Is it public knowledge, or did
0: you just figure it out? A lot of it's just trial and error. We oh, yeah? spent a lot of time baking. Like I said, I baked numerous amounts of cookies Tried and had all my friends sample you know all the opinions you want
1: to be Becca's friend because she'll bring you samples
0: when I make new recipes call me because I share them okay um yeah we probably spent a good solid two weeks just drinking a lot of soda yeah trying you know trying them out seeing what tasted good because there's there's a little bit of science to making sure that you get the right proportions because you don't want it to taste like cough syrup.
1: Yeah, right. It's too (laughs) sweet or whatever. And so is it
0: the um, syrups that you're putting in to flavor them? So we actually um, have a couple of different options. Syrup is your most obvious. A lot of people love to just put a a syrup flavor into your, like like a Coke with coconut. That's a popular one. But we also do fresh lime. We have lemon. We have fruit purees. So we have strawberry, mango, peach, raspberry. Um, but then where the magic for me is, is in the creamers. When you add cream to a soda, it's just magical. Yeah.
1: Who came up with that idea to add cream to a soda? I don't, I don't
0: know. But it it's was great. a game changer. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so you knew that that was happening at these other locations. That wasn't something that you just came up with.
0: Nope. We, I mean, when we had gone to Utah, we had, you know, checked out what they were doing. And yeah kind of use that as inspiration. And then we came home and we didn't want to copycat right? what these other uh, small businesses in Utah had done, um, but they were definitely an inspiration for us. And so it kind of gave us an idea of where to start. And then we wanted to make sure that we were staying true to ourselves and creating our own things. And so that way we never felt like we were copycatting somebody.
1: I imagine there are unlimited com- uh, combinations.
0: Oh, yeah. There's, There's so, so many. many
1: options out there that you can drink. Just put them together.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So, just... And when we started, we only created... um, I want to say we probably had like seven or eight original flavors that we had given fun names to. Um, And then it just... Like you said, there's so many combinations out there. We just kept creating them. Yeah. And... Well, and people probably came in
1: with their own ideas. Like, put this, this, and this together. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And then
1: you're like, hey, that's a great idea. Exactly. And then
0: we would... And then we would name it after them, or we would let them come up with the name. I love it. So at this point, I if I had to guess, I would say we probably have over 50 concoctions that probably have names. Wow. Um, yeah, just because there's, I mean, there's so many. So many ways you can mix stuff. Yeah. And our menu in just drinks has expanded because of that. We went from, you know, seven or eight on the menu to now we have just on our posted menu, there's. You know, probably fifteen to twenty, and then we have a secret menu, and then we have, and it it goes on. There's a lot. <laughs> so, anything so, if you I can want the of, secret menu, do I have to ask for that? Um, you definitely ask for that when you come to the window. <laughs> we also have a website now that you can go to, and it has a tab for secret menu oh, okay, items. Okay, got it. Um, which is fun, and we kind of have to at some point start limiting what we put out there because my employees are like, I can't remember, I can't remember all drink. of this stuff well do they have to memorize it or do you have like a cheat sheet for them we make them memorize everything wow because part of our um like our routine that we have is we try to tell our customers and our employees that once they've taken an order we like things to be out within two to three minutes okay and so in order to be efficient and fast they need to know it they need to know it uh-huh. and so if you're having to check the cheat sheet for every drink it anyways, just takes time.
1: This is why you will not employ me because I don't think <laughs> I can memorize that many drink <laughs> concoctions. I'd just be like, oh, this looks good together. Go ahead. <laughs> it does get a little tricky, but. So was this immediately successful when you opened it in rugby?
0: It was, it was pretty successful within probably within the first 60 days. I think we realized, oh, this is, my husband will tell you that in his mind, he thought it would kind of be like a snow shack, like a seasonal thing, like, oh, this will be popular in the summer. And then, you know, we'll go back to construction in the winter and it'll just, you know, be seasonal. But we knew pretty quickly within 60 days that this was going to be a full-time machine. Yeah. You were feeding people's addictions. Yeah. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you for that. (laughs) That's awesome. So you originally opened um, at a different location than you're at now. Right. How long have you been at your location now?
0: We moved into a bigger location. It's actually about three times the square footage, which allowed us to have our customers come inside and have a dining-in experience. Because before it was just drive-through. It was just a drive-through with a tiny little walk-in where you could order and walk out. Okay. But that was it. Um, and so we moved back in February of 2019. Okay. So we've been there over a year now. The drive-through is much more efficient. Yeah. Um, just all around it because was your previous
1: location was kind of they had you kind of had to do a little circle in the parking lot. Yep, and this snakes around the building, the so building. there's a lot more space for this. Yeah, yeah. And so, what's the feedback from your customers? Are they happy with this?
0: Um, I definitely think that the city of Rugby is happy because we don't have people <laughs> blocking the highway yes, anymore. Yes, was a, Yes, that is a highway. You know, the line would go out into the road and block the highway. Um, I think the customers love it for the fact that there's the dine-in option now too. And so when they, when they pull in and they see a long line, they know, I mean, kind of the secret is if you don't want to wait in line and you're okay to get out of your car, you can go in and you probably get served a little quicker. Yeah.
1: And it's very darling. I have been in that, in, in your location now and it's fun. It has a nice feel. Mm -hmm. It's, it's created so that you want to kind of hang out and just enjoy.
0: Well, Thanks. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. yeah. I wanted it to be fun and vibrant and, you know, happy. Like we just really want everybody to be happy when they
1: come. So how have you adapted with the pandemic? Because you probably had to close your dining room for a little bit or no, you kept it open. You just closed some seats.
0: So the first two weeks we had to take all of our seating out. Um, We still kept open as far as walk-ins and pickups. Um, and then when it got a little bit more aggressive and they, they uh, you know, closed the schools and all that, we did end up shutting our front door we didn't allow people inside at all. We had to figure out a way to make it work because yeah. our drive-thru was still open and that was amazing. That's basically what kept us going, but we were getting so much feedback from customers saying the line is too long because that's the only option now. That we ended up creating a website um, where we were able to do deliveries for a while. So that was a great option. And then we also did curbside pickup. So when customers didn't want to wait in the line, they could just hop on our website, order, pull up to the front and honk, and we would just run it out. To yeah, them. that's great. So yes. we did have to transition to that for a while. When the dining room, we were, we were cleared to reopen the dining room again. We stopped doing deliveries, but we still leave – as of right now, we still have the option to do curbside pickup. That's still completely available to customers. But now we have our dining room open again, so.
1: Yeah, it feels like things are – you know, you can breathe a little bit more than what we have been able to the last couple of months. Yeah. But um, do you feel like it's back to where you were before? did you really see any impact on the business?
0: Um, yeah. We – actually had record numbers through the pandemic. Hi. Which, like the, yeah. Yeah, you
1: were serving. People needed this because yeah. they
0: couldn't get anything else. Yeah. Right. And we had people who were like, this is the only reason I have to leave my house today. Oh my
1: goodness. You yeah. know, like I'm
0: bribing my kids to do their homework <laughs> so we can go to FizBiz and get a gelati or a cookie, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, they're like, this is the only social interaction we're getting the whole day. And so for us... I mean, I hate to say that, but the pandemic drove our business and we got new customers because of the fact that the gas stations had to be closed. And so the people who would go to a gas station couldn't go to the gas station and just fill up their regular sodas anymore. I
1: didn't even think about that.
0: And so we had a lot of new customers just coming and not sure what we were, but knew we sold soda and wanted soda. And so um, it helped our business. It got a little crazy for me for a while where I ended up working a lot of hours during the beginning of the pandemic just because we didn't expect no right why would you yeah um so
1: have you had any issues with supplies have you been able to get all your supplies in
0: we did have a few like our soft pretzels our vendor that we bought them from ended up not reordering them because they weren't using them either and so we had about two weeks where we couldn't get those we made a couple phone calls and begged and pleaded for them to at least order them for us so that happened um we have had a little bit of sub- like just shipping delays yeah some of our popcorn supplies were kind of a pain
1: but really everybody was able to get mostly what they needed then yeah, yeah. for
0: the most part we were able to just make everything work yeah and, you know we were a little bit I don't know, my husband gets annoyed because I like to overbuy in case of the fact that you can't get something. And so he's like, why are you buying so many? I'm like, because.
1: Because you don't know. You
0: can't run out. If people want
1: something, you can't run out. I know, because there's so much stress already. I don't need the extra stress of not being able to get my Dr. Pepper with yes. coconut or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started it um, in your other location, you actually weren't named the Fizz
0: Biz. The name has changed. Yes. So can you tell me a little bit about that journey? Yeah, absolutely. So when we very first started, we opened up as Soda Pop Stop. So a lot of original customers still refer to us as the Pop Stop. And when people say that, I just kind of take it as a term of of endearment. Like, oh, you're an original customer from the beginning. (laughs) You know exactly. You know what we were, where we started. Um, And what happened is... Um, Somewhere along the line, we became pretty popular apparently on either Google or Facebook or somewhere. And there's a company in California that has the same name name and they didn't appreciate us misleading their customers. And so they politely messaged us and asked us to change our names before they sent Attorneys after us.
1: Yikes! <laughs> so were they a franchise? Like, was this a big deal? Because usually, a little mom and pop place in California shouldn't be threatened by the same name in, in Idaho, that.
0: right? Um, they well, the thing with their business is they ship all around the world.
1: Oh, got it. So, so it really did have an impact. Yeah. yeah. So
0: that was their main market was Google and I see the World Wide Web. Um, and so what we did at that point is because. We were panicked and we didn't know any better and we didn't want to have to go and spend lots of money on attorney fees. We just said, we'll change our name. It had only been probably a year. I think we had had that name for almost a year. and With a we, business
1: that you didn't even really know was going to be as, as
0: successful as it was. Right. Yeah. It was just kind of a like, okay, that just <laughs> took off. And so with that, we, ch- we quickly changed it to Rigby Rush. And that was mainly because we were in Rigby. You know, we had a drink named the Rigby Rush and we just thought, oh, it's a fun name. Yeah, it fits. Yeah, it totally fit. And so we named it the Rigby Rush and carried on as usual. And then about, I wanna say probably six to eight months later, we had started with business partners. And at that point they had moved out of the state and we're no longer daily involved in our business and so Jeremy and I just felt like it was in our best interest just to be sole owners of the soda business got it and so we bought them out and part of the reason that we changed the name because we didn't have to change the name with buying them out but I had known that I wanted to expand Mm -hmm. and I wanted to grow the business and I knew that if people in Rigby loved it people in Idle Falls would love it and there had to be other little cities that would love it. And I couldn't see us taking Rigby Rush and putting it in other little cities Got and it. calling it Rigby Rush. Needed a more generic name. Yes, something more universal. And so it was just a good opportunity for us when we became sole owners just to change the name again. And, and so it was just like kind of a fresh start for just Jeremy and I to just take on the business right. and not have partners at that point. Right. And then shortly after that, is when we had decided to open a second location so that is the crazy name change so Everybody, the Fiz
1: Biz fit yeah and you don't think there's another fizzbiz in the United States
0: um I did some pretty
1: good due diligence <laughs> this time and I'm pretty sure we're safe yeah because that's a pretty cute name you know yeah. that's that kind of fits where did that come from did you think that up
0: yeah we I mean there's it's just so much brainstorming that when it goes I'm, into right, picking names, a name, yeah, and obviously, like we create fun names for every drink on the menu, and so we had just been brainstorming for a long time, and we we had a couple, like top three, and I just like the sound of fizzbiz, yeah, it i think it's cute. was kind of fun and. Unique and that's And when what you I can use
1: four Z's in your name, like right. do it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: good. I, I love know. it.
0: I always have to clarify I'm like, okay, there's two Z's in both of those. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so good. Yeah. All right. So on the flip side, I think uh, clearly your products bring so much joy and they're awesome. But I do know that in in the nutrition space, um, Soda Pup gets a bad name yep. because of its lack of nutritional value. So do you have critics out there? Do you have to defend the business ever?
0: Um, I just tell people, you know, when people say I'm not a soda drinker and I'm like, that's great. You don't have to be a soda drinker. Um, and, f- and my opinion with all that is everything has to be balanced. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's a choice. Yeah, like and it's completely then don't come to my business if you don't want my product. Right, when you're wanting to treat yourself, then you can totally enjoy something at FizzBiz. Yeah, one thing that I do have to put a little plug in is I do. I'm an avid exerciser. I love to exercise, and and I pride myself in feeling like I'm a pretty healthy person, even though I own a sugar shop. Yes, um, and so probably about six months ago, we came up with a line of water refreshers. Great, where you know because I. I love my soda, but I have to balance it out with water. And so I thought, anyways, we we stumbled upon some different concoctions of flavored water and we call them the refreshers. And I did it mostly because I knew I would drink them. And I thought, well, if if there's people like me out there that want a a flavored water option instead of a soda every day, let's do it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that idea because I do think that, yeah, you can drink pop and that's fantastic, but... They're, not everybody can stand water. It's just so yeah. plain. We've got to mix it up a little bit with some flavor. So that's great.
0: Yeah. And for me, I feel like I'm still getting a treat, even mm. when I get a flavored water. Yeah. But it doesn't have all the calories in it. Yeah. So, And then I do treat myself to my favorite drinks. Dr. Pepper. Yes. So my favorite, <laughs> a little plug for those for those listening who will know, the Wicked Grin is, is the best. I love it. Can you tell me what's in the Wicked Grin? Yeah. So it's Dr. Pepper okay. with red raspberry and coconut cream. Oh, mm, yum. Mm. Sounds delicious. Yeah. What, I mean, I, Dr. Pepper kind of has a raspberry
1: kind of base, doesn't it? Does it have kind of a fruity?
0: It has um, some cherry. Oh, that's what it is. It's cherry. Cherry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds awesome. So I want to talk to you a little bit. Um, my husband and I are business partners and I know that sometimes that's fantastic and other times it's not. So I (laughs) wanna ask you about what it's like being business partners with your husband and how do you work through challenges that you
0: guys have? That's great. So obviously Jeremy and I were business partners before we started the soda shop. This has kind of given us more balance in our business because a lot of people will say that the FizzBiz is Becca's and the construction company is Jeremy's. And I guess if you had to put a face to the business, that's probably what it would look like. Um, and so it's been good. Jeremy is super supportive. He just lets me run with all my crazy ideas. Um, he always jokes that I come up with an idea, then he has to be the one to figure out how to make it happen. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's great that way. We, we we spend a lot of time brainstorming and talking about our businesses. Um, and I feel like we... We complement each other pretty well when it comes to being business partners. We consider ourselves, well, he considers us. And I, I guess I could agree with him that I'm kind of the gas and he's the brakes. And so I always have all these ideas. And he's always making sure that they are financially sound, you know, <laughs> that it's going to pan out. Yeah. And he's usually the more logical one. And I'm the one that gets all excited about a new idea. Yeah, this is a
1: sparkly thing. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Uh-huh. And he's like, wait
0: a minute. <laughs> so it's good. It's a good balance for us. Um, I'm the more outgoing personality. And he's a little bit more reserved. Uh-huh. And so that plays really well for us. And But I think the fact that we both know how to work. And we're both willing to step in and work. Like there's been plenty of times where we both show up to the shop and then he's out the door taking orders in the drive-through, and the customers just think that's so funny because half the time he's in his construction clothes, <laughs> he's at yeah, the right. soda shop. <laughs> do you know how to take my drink order? Yeah, they're like, make sure um, you
1: know how to do this. Do you really work here?
0: <laughs> so I mean, so that part's great, and I feel like our like our partnerships are really good. We have our roles. I do more of the face of the business and I do all of the book work and the pay the bills. Um, and we joke that he's the, he's the fixer, not the mixer. You know, he always goes in and takes care of all of the equipment and anything that needs fixed at the shop. He is our go-to guy for that. Has
1: he created any
0: recipes? So his favorite was, he created the, the blue color float, okay, which is one of our original drinks. Mm-hmm. And he named that one. It's a root beer with vanilla and vanilla cream. It oh, tastes like sounds a root wonderful. beer float. Yeah. It's so so delicious. Um, but he's, yeah, he's created a few different things. His was definitely the popcorn. He loves that's his popcorn. He, so thank you, Jeremy, for bringing popcorn to yes. the FizzBiz. And he wanted it to be theater-style popcorn, right? Because that's yeah, the best. Yeah, because it's the best. But we didn't want to charge the prices that the theater charges. So you can go and get a bag for two bucks. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. When you need your fix, you got that too.
0: And he, he was the one that says, we need to balance out the sugar with some salt. There's got to be sweet and salt, sweet and salty. So, well, good. I
1: appreciate that. You know, I'm always fascinated to know how marriages do in business because, and and as I have interviewed people, I think a lot of them say the same thing that you do. Uh, We have to identify our roles Mm -hmm. and make sure that we're clear on the things that I'm going to do versus my husband. And Um, that balance is a great ad. I understand that because my husband and I are the same way. I'm more the face of our business, but I don't really know a thing about fixing cars. (laughs) Right. So I can go talk to people though. And he doesn't necessarily love
0: that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So talk to me a little bit about your family. Do they work in the business? And another thing that I always wonder about is what lessons do you think they're learning from having entrepreneurial parents? Yes. Because you have four kids, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. We have
0: four children. Our two older ones are teenagers. Um, And they, probably within the last year, year and a half, we've started shoving them into the shop. And at first, I don't know if they wanted to do that. But now... Now that we've incentivized them with paying them. Oh, yeah. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's this reward for them. Right. They're like,
0: oh, wait, I can get paid if I go and work. Okay. So that's been kind of fun. It's been super helpful to be able to have basically two employees at home that I can be like, oh, hey, we need some help. Yeah. I'm running you into the shop. (laughs) And then it frees me up from having to be in the shop as much. Um, And they've loved it. I think it's been really good for them as far as helping them learn like life skills. My oldest is a lot like Jeremy and he he's a little bit more timid, not very outgoing, wouldn't like strike up a conversation with you unless you started it. Um and so it's been good for him to be pushed a little bit and to have to talk to people and, you know, sometimes kids are like, I don't want to ask anybody yeah. them, Mom, go They're do like, it. You go get me that fork or whatever, <laughs> you know. So it's been really good for him. It's kinda of pushed him out of his shell. Um and then my second oldest, he's a lot like me and he has no problems talking to people. And Do you see in their future, do you
1: think that they'll follow in your footsteps about having businesses or is it too early to tell?
0: I would, I mean, I think it's probably too early to tell, but I do know that the, a couple of my kids have made comments. Like my little girl has said, someday do I get to own the FizzBiz? I'm like, yes, absolutely, if you want it. If yeah. you want it yeah. I would love to keep it going as a family legacy. Yeah, um, But then you get my little almost eight-year-old who one of the employees said to him one day, Cooper, what are you doing with your life? And are you going to work at the fizzbiz when you get older? And he says to her, no, I got plans for my life. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't include the fizzbiz Yes. <laughs> and so we just laugh. I don't know. Yeah, we, it's we put pretty our, early. Yeah, and we put our little ones to work. Like, we sticker our cups. And so we'll bring boxes of cups home and let them sticker them. And we'll pay them a few dollars for stickering. And yeah. my little girl loves to go into the shop and just hand out cookies. She'll put the glove on and she she you tell her what cookie she needs. And she'll get it out and she'll hand it to the window or the customer. I love she it. She just thinks that's the best. And so I think being entrepreneurial parents is has been good for them. It's opened their eyes to, you know, a, a different way of life, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
1: well, it's, you know, entrepreneur is, oh gosh, I usually say that better, but <laughs> being an entrepreneur is kind of sexy. You're right. That name is kind of the, the, the title is kind of sexy, but it takes a lot of work. And so I'm always fascinated with children who watch parents that are entrepreneurs and really, to really see if they understand the work that's involved to be able to get to where you know mom and dad are. We're third-generation owners, and so we've watched two generations work really hard, create a fantastic foundation, and we hope that we're doing that same for our children. And so right. I think it, it is interesting because not... You know, they say like the third generation is where everything kind of falls apart. So my husband is like, that's not going to happen on our watch. <laughs> a little but, pressure there. <laughs> right. You know, but I think it's because you forget how hard it was to create yeah. these things.
0: Yeah. you. Um, there's so much work that goes into running a business, you know, and I, and I do hear my children say, mom, you work a lot. Mom, you're always on your phone, which I, I, I run our social media. I'm always talking to employees that, I mean, there's catering, there's things stuff I, I mean, There's always something that I'm doing. Um, and so my children do see that, yeah, I'm home a lot, which is one of the attractions to being self-employed is knowing that I kind of pick my hours. I kind of get to be home when I want to be home, but I do work a lot from home as well. And, and it doesn't end. No, there's yeah. no end. Yeah. You know, we get the phone call at 10 o'clock at night saying something's, not working at the shop and we there to go. you are there yeah. you go what are your hours so our rigby location is open 7 a.m monday through friday and then we close at 10 p.m during the week and 11 p.m on the weekends saturday is a little different we don't open till eight and then but we still close at 11. and then our idle fall shop is 8 a.m to 10 p.m all week long and okay. then we're closed on sundays Uh huh. Great. Well,
1: what do you believe is the key to your
0: success? I think being willing to work and knowing that if someone's if someone can't do it, I've got to be willing to do it and I just think work ethic plays a big part in being able to be self-employed. Yeah, because for if sure. you if you don't have that drive to get up every day and go make it happen. It's, it's not going to happen.
1: But have you had feelings of doubt, like self doubt? Like, I don't know why we're doing this. Like, how can we be successful doing this? Have you, has that ever entered
0: your mind? There's been days where I'm like, this is so much work. You know, when you get bad news or you get a customer that leaves you negative remarks, you know, or doesn't leave you a good Google review, you're like, man, why do why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, <laughs> or There's definitely days where it's challenging and you wonder, why am I doing this? But I think the good outweighs the bad and that's what keeps me going. Um, And it's been kind of surreal to, to see an idea and then just two average people who, I mean, we didn't come from anything really and just give it a go and I don't know. Did that answer your question?
1: Yeah, I think. And what I really appreciated about what you said is I think oftentimes, even when we were first in the business, we kept looking around saying we're frauds. We don't know what we're doing. We, you know, what business do we have being business owners? And what I loved about what you just said is so were every other business owner around us having those same thoughts. Right. We all are on that same journey thinking you got it figured out but I don't have it figured out when in actuality you don't have any more figured out than I do and we're just all doing the best we can and taking care of our employees and our customers and funny how that leads to success yeah yeah
0: I mean you just you face the challenge and you figure out how to make it yep make it happen
1: yeah I think it's a good lesson for anybody listening who thinks that they can't do this um, we all thought that. Oh
0: yeah.
1: In the <laughs> and then again, was a
0: lot of self doubt. Like, yeah. are you sure I can do this? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, for sure. So do it. Just be brave. That's right. So what would you say to people who are interested in self-employment? What is, um, what, what's some of the advice maybe that you got that you would pass on to somebody
0: else? That's a good question. I have to think about that one. You can. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd say don't wait. Like, if you've got an idea and you have the means to make it happen, you have an opportunity, just take it. Um, I do know that in our relationship with Jeremy and I, that he's a lot more conservative and I'm a lot more aggressive when it comes to risk tolerance. So you have to do what you're comfortable with. You've got to have a comfort level. Um, but I think you have to push yourself a little because if you didn't, you, you wouldn't ever do anything that was challenging in life.
1: You know, I think people live like that. Yeah. And I don't think successful business owners can be like that. Right.
0: It's like, I don't know, stepping into the gym for the first time you've never worked out before, but if you don't do it, you'll never become better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just be prepared. I would say if I had some advice for people, be prepared to work. Don't think that you're gonna start a business and just be able to um I don't know, not work it. It takes a lot of work. But in the but it's so rewarding too. It's one of those things where I I mean, some days I come home so exhausted, but in the end it's just so rewarding to know that I've created a business and that I employ people and I make people happy. And, and
1: you have loyal customers.
0: And yeah, that's one, the, that's one of the things that just makes me so happy is that people love what we've created. Yeah. And that keeps me motivated. Yeah. They want to see you succeed. Yeah. And that's just, that just makes my heart so I happy. know. Isn't, isn't
1: it great? <laughs> you just have all this fan club that you didn't really know that you yeah. were going to have. I love it.
0: So what's the future of FizzBiz? What are you guys going to do? Oh, I'm so excited. Um, we actually, so we have two brick and mortars right now. And we, earlier this spring, we purchased our own piece of land in Ammon. And we're going to be building our own location. Wow. Um, which to me is just super exciting because currently we just lease our locations. And so to actually own a building is, I don't know, so exciting for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so we're going to be hopefully breaking ground on that by the end of the month. And then we've also, in the works, we've found another location in Firth that we think that we can give it a go with and service more people that direction. In the, the South, they're yeah. all saying Yahoo right now. I hope, okay. I hope they're all excited. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, we for many years, that's probably been one of our biggest debates between Jeremy and I is, do we keep this just a local mom and pop one, two stores, you know, where, we're, where we know our employees on a very personal level and we, we have our hands very involved in the business. Because um, we've been told that once you get to three and four storefronts, you have to kind of take a step back and do more managerial and you can't be so personal with everybody. And so it's, and it's, it's, so it's been a debate for a while, you know? And, and then there's also the debate of how fast do you grow? And we probably are a little bit more on the conservative end and so we didn't want to just go and throw up a new location everywhere over saturate ourselves and anyway so we just decided it was finally time you know we're coming up to five years and I just finally convinced Jeremy that we needed to to do it do it Uh just to do it you've
1: got the model down you know how to replicate it
0: and we have great employees we have a great manager and and the season of my life where all my children are now in school full-time it gives me a little bit more time during the day and versus a couple years ago, you know, my kids were still little at home and still needed a lot of mom time during the day. Yeah. But when there's not COVID and my kids go to school. <laughs> <laughs> because that's going to happen, moms.
1: They're going to be in school.
0: We're that's just going right. to believe that. It happens. And when it happens, it's, it's a bittersweet day. But it frees up a little bit of time. And so, anyways, that's kind of the direction that we're taking with Fizzbiz. We want to expand it. We want it to be smart growth. Um, and so... That's what we're doing. So we're going
1: to look forward to more fizz business
0: Hopefully. Yeah, I yeah. love it. All right. Well, Becca,
1: thank you. Is there anything... I've kept you for a long time. So is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before I let you go?
0: Just give a shout out to all of our loyal fans who love us and support us. Because honestly, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have a business. Um, and I love, I love our little small town communities that just rally around little mom and pop shops. Because just it's so encouraging and it's just one of those heartwarming things that people still love to support mom and pop local shops yeah so a huge shout out to all of our customers um thanks for having me thanks for letting (laughs) me share my story with you yeah hopefully it inspires somebody just to don't wait, just go do it.
1: Yeah, I think I know that this, these stories do. So I'm sure that you will, somebody will resonate with your story and do some great things. So thank you so much for being on the show today. You and your and your husband, even though maybe you've had to drag him along with some of these things, bit. are great <laughs> examples of taking risks, turning, you know, your dreams into success and just going for it. So thank you for sweetening up our lives and giving us our daily fix. I'm excited to see you continue to grow and serve your happiness in the cup.
0: Thanks so much.
1: Okay, guys, as a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rigby. No, we're not in Rigby. Why be. did I say that? We should be in Rigby, Idaho Falls, and Rexburg. So if you're looking for automotive repair provided with honesty and integrity, come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now, stay tuned for the business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Business Leadership Moment. Thanks for joining us for this segment. This segment's brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November, and their sister event called RiseX. RiseX is held monthly, and it's a great event for any business owners or people who just want to learn and grow in whatever aspect of their life. So please check it out at www.risecon.com or risex.com. I owe. And you can find out more information about when the next events are going to be held and what it's going to take for you to get there. So come see us. Okay, it's funny. Today I want to talk about podcasting. I have had some interesting questions lately around why did I start a podcast? And, and so this is episode 69, I believe. And so I'm thinking, how have I gotten all the way to this, um, this episode and not talked about that. But I think maybe um, I just took for granted that people knew this story. So I just wanted to share with you why I started a podcast. I love podcasts. And my most favorite podcast is a show called How I Built This. It's an NPR podcast hosted by Guy Raz. So it's highly produced and it's very entertaining. And um I decided to copy Guy Raz, but it didn't start exactly that way. We were opening a new location in Rexburg, and I was looking for some creative ways to get our name out there and didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was listening to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk, and if you know him or have learned, uh, listened to him, you understand he's a media um, genius, and he created Wine Library before ordering online was a thing. Um, He did YouTube videos and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, check him out if you don't know who he is. But I was listening to his books, and he is very much an advocate of being in a lot of different places so that your exposure is present, especially in social media in different ways, and talked a lot about podcasting. And again. I've been listening to podcasts since 2016 and probably subscribed to 25 or so. I don't even know. I need to clean up my list, to be honest with you. But I had an epiphany when I was listening to this about, you know, I really think, first it was, I just want to learn about stories of businesses in East Idaho. And Nate Eaton had done a few with East Idaho news, but it wasn't something that was a regular uh, kind of thing. And I thought, there it is. I'm going to copy Guy Raz and I'm going to do my own um, version of how I built this. And that's where East Idaho entrepreneurs came from. So you guys know that my background is in nursing And if you ask me, I had no business starting a podcast, but that's the beauty about podcasting is if I'm telling you, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So if podcasting is something that you guys find interesting and you were, you're thinking about doing it yourselves, I promise you can do it and you just got to go for it. I'm happy to answer any questions. If any of you are out there thinking that this is something that you might find fun, interesting, a hobby, whatever it is, um, the great thing about podcasting is, you you can put your talent out there, and if you don't really care if there's going to be a lot of people listen to it, just do it, just get it out there, and then you just might not, you know, you just don't know, um, because of where you host it, who might listen to this. When I pull up my map to see the different places that people have listened to this show, it's all over the world. And so what would anyone in England have any interest in listening to East Idaho entrepreneurs? I don't know, but I can tell you I've had some listeners there in in Australia and all over the world. And so it's been fun to see that. Clearly, that's not where my primary audience is. But for whatever reason, those individuals listen to my show. And maybe I resonated with them in a different way than somebody else did, or your stories resonated with them, I should say. So you never know who's listening. You never know who's, whose lives you can touch. And at this point, I have, um, I, I don't know what the actual number is, but well over 10,000 downloads. And so think about that. I've had the opportunity to interview individuals, and they've spoken to over 10,000 people. So it's a pretty cool thing. Anyway, I just wanted to give you a little background about why I started my podcast. And um, did I have any special training around it? No. Did I go to journalism school and learn how to do all of this? No. I taught myself, and there's so many amazing resources online, and so... I'm happy to point you to any of those, give you some advice. Um, I did a Facebook Live on Entrepreneurs of Idaho and gave some direction to people. Check that out. Please let me know if I can ever be of assistance. And if podcasting is your dream, guys, go for it. It's fun, and it's just a great way to show a little bit of your creativity and your personality. And we love to get to know you. So thanks so much for the questions. If you have any more around... Um, what you would like to see me talk about or hear me talk about or a person you'd like to hear me interview uh, or a topic on the business leadership moment or questions around podcasting, send them to me. I want to hear them. You can always message me on my Facebook page, Entrepreneur East Idaho Entrepreneurs. Um, you can send me an email. You can. That's available on my website, which is www.eastidahoentrepreneurs.com. You can find me, I promise. Okay, guys, have a wonderful week, and I'll be back with you next week. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by
1: Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho, let our family
0: take care of yours. Www.oswaldserviceinc.com.